today. Donald Trump is, in fact, indicted. Will it hold up or is it all for show? In the most tone-deaf statement ever, Joe Biden issues a proclamation declaring that trans people shape our nation and an American journalist has been arrested in Russia. What god-awful deal will Biden make this time? We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And after a major buildup and then radio silence for the better part of a week, former President Donald Trump was indicted late yesterday afternoon by a Manhattan grand jury. According to the latest reports, as of the time of this taping and pending law enforcement and Secret Service negotiations, Trump is expected to surrender himself in New York and be arraigned in court on Tuesday without the arrest or the perp walk the left had been salivating over. Now, remember, this is being tried in the state of New York, not as a federal campaign finance violation. Why? Because federal prosecutors already looked at the case against Trump and passed on it. They declined to charge him. So Soros-backed Alvin Bragg decided he had found the criminal with Trump. He just needed to find the crime. Mm, so there it was, the ever-dubious crime of falsifying business records. Oh, no, because Trump paid his lawyer, convicted liar Michael Cohen, money that was listed on record as a retainer rather than you know, hush money reimbursement or something. Mm, what a smoking gun. Well, Trump reacted to the news last night on Truth Social, saying this is political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. From the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower and even before I was sworn in as your president of the United States, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. You remember it just like I do. Russia, Russia, Russia. The Mueller hoax. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax one, impeachment hoax two, the illegal and unconstitutional Mar-a-Lago raid, and now this. The Democrats have lied, cheated, and stolen in their obsession trying to get Trump, but now they've done the unthinkable, indicting a completely innocent person in an act of blatant election interference. Never before in our history, in our nation's history, has this been done. The Democrats have cheated countless times over the decades, including spying on my campaign, but weaponizing our justice system to punish a political opponent who just so happens to be a president of the United States and by far the leading Republican candidate for president has never happened before either. Uh, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, did, you know, sometimes you read these truth tweets and you're like, maybe there should be a, a character limit. I don't know. Uh, picked and funded by George Soros is a disgrace. Rather than stopping the unprecedented crime wave taking over New York City, he's doing Joe Biden's dirty work, ignoring the murders and burglaries and assaults he should be focused on. This is how he spends his time. And I believe that the witch hunt will backfire. You get the gist of, uh, of all of that. Well, um, so... After Trump responded to this, President Pudding Brain himself, Joe Biden, was asked for his comments regarding the indictment. And here is what he had or, you know, didn't have to say. Watch. Are you worried this will further divide our country with the indictment? I have no comment on that. Mr. President. Do you have possible protest in the wake of the indictment? No, I, I, I'm not going to talk about Trump's indictment. I have no comment at all on that. I have no comment on Trump. 
I guess if I were standing by while my political party actively interfered in the next presidential election so that I could stand a better shot at winning while also being half dead, I wouldn't have anything to say either. But the most telling reaction came from the crypt keeper herself, Nancy Pelosi, who tweeted out, the grand jury has acted upon the facts and the law. No one is above the law and everyone has the right to a trial to prove innocence. Hopefully, the former president will peacefully respect the system which grants him that right to prove innocence rather than innocent until proven guilty. That's not the way it works in this country, or at least that's not the way it worked before we apparently turned into a banana republic. Now, here to help me break this down is opinion editor at Newsweek and host of the Josh Hammer Show, my good friend Josh Hammer, who also, by the way, happens to be way smarter than me and my favorite legal expert. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on all that's transpired? Sarah, great to be back with you. I wish we were under more sober circumstances, obviously. So, I mean, there's so much wrong here with what Alvin Bragg is doing that it's difficult to know even where to begin. So start with the fact that the falsifying business records charge, allegedly there are 34 charges. We are probably not going to learn them until the formal arraignment in New York City on Tuesday afternoon. But the actual underlying misdemeanor offense we are led to believe is falsification of business records. This this is the equivalent of, of a traffic ticket, okay? It is really, really, really not a big deal at all. Prior New York County, New York prosecutors and the federal government have both decided to pass on prosecuting this crime. Alvin Bragg, obviously, he literally ran on a Get Trump platform. If you, think, if you, if you remember he, his literal platform, he took a million dollars from George Soros and he said, I'm going to get Trump. He brought this back from the grave. Now, there's also a statute of limitations issue. So as you probably know, Sarah, every crime has a built-in statute of limitations where you can't actually prosecute after a certain number of years after the underlying incident. The statute of limitations on the underlying, again, like we're, we're guessing a little here because we haven't seen the formal arraignment yet, but, the, but if we understand the crime correctly, the statute of limitations is two years. So it expired literally like four or five years ago. And then you throw into the fact that they're trying to also get him on federal campaign finance grounds. Well, there's multiple problems with this, too. For starters, Alvin Bragg is a county district attorney. He has no jurisdiction whatsoever to try to prosecute a U.S. criminal code law, like a federal campaign finance code. He has no jurisdiction there whatsoever, so it should be totally tossed out on those grounds as well. There's also a statute of limitation for those, by the way. It's roughly, I think it's five years. So that would have expired in 2021 or so. So there's just there's so much wrong here. And all that legalese is burying the lead. The lead, obviously, is what the hell is this Rubicon crossing? I mean, this is a Rubicon crossing that we are never going to get back, Sarah. I said the same thing after the Mar-a-Lago raid back in August. Those images of those police cars outside Mar-a-Lago back then, I mean, we're never going to come back from that. And now the actual indictment, I mean, I don't think Democrats know what they have done with this Pandora's box. I really don't. Yeah, it's something that I often ask, I ask myself as well, because you see, as you mentioned, the Mar-a-Lago raid and, and the reaction to that, even with independence, was like, whoa, guys, this is, this is too far. You guys need to calm down. And it just seems they're just constantly so tone deaf. They just know all they know how to do is double down on the corruption and the bad behavior. And so now you see Alvin Bragg doing this, as you pointed out, and, and I would like to say, I, I haven't heard a legal expert alive who has said, no, this is a great case. I think it's going to hold up. I mean, every legal expert who I've heard from uh, has said, how in the world are you going to try this case? So it really makes you wonder, why do it optics wise if you're not going to get the perp walk? 
you're not going to get the arrest, uh, you know, or, or Trump in handcuffs, right? You're not going to get those moments. And on top of that, it's likely to be thrown out on its face. So wouldn't that ultimately be worse for them and actually give Donald Trump some fire under his rear end as far as his campaign goes? So there's a few possibilities that come to mind because I obviously agree with the premise of the question you said there. The I think the most obvious possibility here, Occam's razor, the most straightforward possibility is that Alvin Bragg is doing this for purposes of Alvin Bragg. This is kind of a pure kind of career advancement move. He'll get the head pats. He'll do the MSNBC, CNN talking head circuit. He'll probably get a top five publisher book deal from some Tony publishing house come out of this. So that is probably the most logical and straightforward answer. I'm sure he's getting a lot of pressure from either the mayor or from underlings there. I mean, who I mean, who knows how City Hall operates these days in New York City, but I'm sure there's a kind of rabid frothing at the mouth, get Trump mentality. So he's probably doing it for his own career advancement and to also appease his superiors and perhaps even his underlings. The other possible reason that comes to mind, which I also said this after the Mar-a-Lago raid as well, I wrote this in my column after the raid at the time, this is the slightly more kind of 4D chess answer here, is that I've heard a lot of friends say this too, I know I'm not alone in thinking this, I think there is a decent argument to be made that the fact that that this will have a very predictable kind of rally around the flag effect for Republican voters probably is part of the equation. I think that there is a decent likelihood that Merrick Garland, Alvin Bragg, they know that the, that events like this will rightfully, will properly lead conservative commentators like myself, like yourself, to get out there and decry the utter stalinist nature of this. And potentially, yes, I mean, maybe that will actually kind of shift voters to Trump. And, you know, I, the basic unstated conclusion here, the premise, I should say, is that Democrats perhaps want to face Trump because they beat him or they kind of sort of beat him last time. <laughs> they beat him with a wink and a nudge, Josh. Uh, but, you know, we are on YouTube, so that's all I have to say about that. Um, I want to, uh, I want to, you're still in Florida, right? I am. Okay. I want to make sure I didn't miss a move because you've been known to like to, to jump around a little bit. So I'm still in Florida. I was bummed that last time I was there, you were not, so I couldn't see you, but I want to, I want to read to you your governor, Ron DeSantis, of course, is Donald Trump resides in Florida. That's where he lives. And so, uh, Ron DeSantis tweeted out after the news broke the weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda turns the rule of law on its head. It is un-American. The Soros backed Manhattan district attorney attorney has consistently bent the law to downgrade felonies and to excuse criminal misconduct, yet now he is stretching the law to target a political opponent. Florida will not assist in an extradition request given the questionable circumstances at issue with this Soros-backed Manhattan prosecutor and his political agenda. Now, obviously, the extradition part of it probably kind of like not, it's kind of a a null and void point because if Trump is going to travel and surrender himself, um, it's not really going to matter. But I know Ron DeSantis was hit. I, I know you love Ron DeSantis. I do too. Um, I love. I love that he has given a blueprint to the rest of the governors uh, to follow. Um, but I, I wished for more on his original statement when all of this news broke. I wonder if he didn't really think that it would happen. And so he was holding back. But I was very happy with the statement that he put out here. I think he said what needed to to be said here. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think Governor DeSantis is the kind of guy who thinks very carefully before he acts. And in that way, he's very different, perhaps, than Trump, who's more of kind of an instinctive, kind of impulsive actor for both good and for bad sometimes. DeSantis is the kind of guy who is very logical. He thinks things through. So, you know, it didn't surprise me that he didn't come out kind of full throttle, like within hours of the first kind of truth social post going out. Um, what was it, two weekends ago at this point? It's kind of hard to keep the timeline straight here. When it comes to this tweet that he put out last night, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was I thought it was based, as the kids say. Right. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I mean, this is exactly what you'd expect the most based, you know, blueprint for America governor, which I do think Governor DeSantis is. This is exactly what he should have said at that time. Now, I, I, I do have to say, because um, I am a lawyer by background here, uh, the Article four clause in the Constitution, the extradition clause, I do not read that as actually giving governors a ton of wiggle room when it comes to uh, when it comes to kind of extradition issues like that. Um, the most relevant U.S. Supreme Court case is a 1987 case, I believe, called Puerto Rico versus Branstad, where the court actually held that a federal court could enforce via writ of mandamus if necessary. Could basically what what that means? They could basically force a governor to extradite. So a governor does not have a ton of wiggle room here under the constitutional text or relevant Supreme Court case law. So I. I think he's being very clever when he says Florida will not assist. He's basically saying, he's basically saying you need to go in here and you need to do it for you, whether it takes litigation, whether a court forces my hand. That's kind of how I read the tweet. But, you know, the legalese aside here, this is a politically brilliant, very shrewd thing for him to say. And I was deeply happy that, uh, to see it. Yeah, I was, too. I was, too. Um, all right. Last question for you, Josh. What are your thoughts on Nancy, Nancy Pelosi's tweet about uh, proving his innocence? Trump gets to prove his innocence now in a court of law. You are, as you just pointed out, uh, the lawyer here. So kind of strange language being used by Nancy Pelosi. Was that intentional? I don't know. I mean, I, I saw that tweet, too, and like my eyebrow went up. I mean, Josh Hawley had the appropriate reaction. I saw Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri. He quote tweeted Nancy Pelosi. And he just said, proved your innocence with like three question marks. Is this Stalinist Russia? I, I, I mean, you really don't have to prove your innocence. But, but when, you, when you look at the fact that what the Democratic prosecutorial apparatus and Alvin Bragg here in particular, when you look at what they are doing to Donald Trump here, it really is the most Stalinist thing imaginable. It is the, it is the quintessential Stalinist political operation. Stalin famously said, Show me the man, I will find you the crime. That is exactly what Alvin Bragg, the Soros-funded prosecutor in New York County, New York, is doing to Donald Trump there. So when you look at Nancy Pelosi, who's been in House Democratic leadership for decades now, literally talk about, quote unquote, proving your innocence, you know, I don't think it's conspiratorial to say, like, maybe they are kind of sharing talking points, sharing notes here. I mean, it's Stalinist on the one hand, it's Stalinist on the other hand. It's it's kind of Stalinist from A through Z at this point. So, I, you know, I maybe giving her the benefit of the doubt is just an utterly, utterly beyond stupid thing to tweet. I don't think Nancy Pelosi is the sharpest tool in the shed, to put it mildly there. But I, I would probably guess that at some point they probably are sharing talking points. And this just it, it just reeks of Stalinist tactics. You know, I, after the Mar-a-Lago raid last um, last August, the column that I wrote on that very sordid episode in American history was like I titled my column American Stasi, referring to the uh, infamous kind of East German secret police during the Cold War, analogizing the FBI to the Stasi. You know, I think you could say the same thing here about what's happening, the, the, or I should say the parallels between what's happening now and Stalinist Russia as well. Yeah, I could not agree more. Josh, thank you for joining us. Will you come back soon, please? 
Anytime, Sarah. You bet. All right. Thanks so much. Um, okay. want to thank our sponsor. Before we come back with more, it is Eden Pure. So the best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier uses oxy-proven technology that quickly, it actually goes out and seeks to destroy viruses, odors, mold, and so much more. Um, and I know this personally because, as I tell you every time, I live in a zoo. I live in a zoo. I have dogs. I have cats. I have a stupid gecko that I was talked into buying and now my son doesn't take care of it. And, uh, you know, we've got dirty diapers. We cook a lot. Basically, my house would smell like absolute garbage if it wasn't for Eden Pure. So I have their thunderstorm air purifiers in multiple different rooms in my house and it keeps my air not only just smelling nice, but you know that you're breathing clean air which is always good. Right now you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. You're going to get three units for under $200, so you put them where you need them. Maybe you cook a bunch in the kitchen and you need it there. Maybe you got a litter box room like I do and you need it there. Maybe you got a preteen boy and he really stinks like I do and you're going to put it in his room. So you can put it wherever you need it. You can go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in discount code Sarah to save $200. That is EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Sarah. just got done talking to Josh Hammer. I want to bring in the full panel here to, uh, you know what, I want to get your thoughts on all of the Trump situation. Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder of Ripiverse Comics, and John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor and host of Heck Off Kami, who I notice is wearing a very red hat. Who's, it feels it's, good. Does it? I haven't had this on in forever. And it's so crazy to think people used to wear these in public. And, and now I'm walking around with this on today and people are looking at me like a leper. <laughs> and we're in Texas. Yeah. It's like, it's seen as such a, a like, just, I guess, deviation from what's expected behavior in public now because it's like, okay, even if you like Trump or like Republicans or whatever, you're supposed to keep it to yourself. Meanwhile, we have like, you know, the press secretary celebrating transgenderism and all this other stuff. Which we are going to get into in a yes. second. Well, I just, I, I want to, you know, before we really get into it, I would just like to point out John has his Make America Great Again hat. I also, just in honor of uh, Donald Trump, wore my my favorite shirt that I have of any sort of Trump shirt. And it says the Moscow Project. Uh, it's a Venn diagram that says very legal and very cool, which, of course, uh, references one of my favorite Donald Trump tweets of all time when he was talking about when they were looking into his Moscow, you know, the Moscow project, he said, against all odds, I decide to run for president and continue to run my business. Very legal and very cool. <laughs> I just love it. I just love it. I love the man. And you know what? Now I love him more. Eric. Yeah, I think that's the thing about this whole indictment. Um, I was recently just talking about this on my channel, and it's just, I don't know, man. It almost feels like a setup because these people are, inevitably going to make this man far more popular than he has ever been out of this. And it's almost like, is that the intention? Are they stupid enough to believe that? And then I, then I uh, you know, looking at certainly as DA, like maybe he is stupid enough to believe that this is, this can only benefit them because they look at it like, well, we're much like a January 6th situation. We're punishing our ideological enemies and therefore that's sending a message. And that's all this is. This was ever about would be hush money and all. It's just about sending sending a message. Is really not anything. I mean, let's say this. Certainly in New York, a lot of those politicians have uh, done a lot of uh, let's say criminal acts that they've not been indicted for. Mm. But understanding what's on the line, if they can get people like John Doyle incriminated in any kind of way, that's what it is that they're going to do. 
I'm interested to see the response. I know DeSantis said, was it yesterday? Mm -hmm. When he was like, yeah, we're not going to be helping you out with any sort of uh, mm -hmm. condition or anything like that, that, which would ironically be uh, directly against that, what is it, extradition act, mm -hmm. which I'm all for because that would basically mean that he's sticking it to the feds. I'm all for that. Um, not working with other states. Let's treat them like nation states and just let them, let them stay in Florida and let it be a safe haven for them. Okay. I'd be far intrigued by that. But it, but if the reports that we're getting uh, are accurate, it it seems that Trump is just going to he just plans to surrender himself, which I would expect him to do anyway. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I don't expect by any means for him to be like, no, I'm just going to set up shopping. That would be pretty. Me. That would be that pretty would be, badass. Then, though. then maybe I come in with the the, the red hat uh, <laughs> at some point because I'm like, oh, somebody's sticking it to the feds, telling them to go screw themselves for the first time uh, in in a while. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys respond. I know it's going to, with at least with the conservatives or Republicans, rather it's kind of a touchy kind of subject. They kind of talk around it um, but you know their hands are going to be forced now and I think a lot of people are going to draw their line in the sand based upon this I'm talking about people that generally support these Republicans mm -hmm. and they're going to be like look man doesn't matter if you like the guy or not we can all agree that this is screwed up and uh, let's let's act upon it so we'll see yeah I John you know it's you hear from we all know the left gaslights us right but you know I feel like epic proportions of gaslighting going on when you hear <clears throat> Alvin Bragg responding to, you know, the uh, the House committee saying that this is uh, attempted interference. Oh, interference. Now now we're worried about interfering, uh, attempted interference with an ongoing state criminal investigation. It's unprecedented and illegal incursion on New York's sovereign interests. So now all of a sudden they are concerned about interference into something all while like actively interfering with the next presidential election. Fascinating. And it's so true because they're not after Trump. They're after us, yeah. and Trump is just in the way. It's true. And, yeah, of course they don't care about the rule of law. I mean, New York, for example, I don't know exactly what the statistics are, but in the last, I think, since whatever the last uh, mayoral election or whatever, their crime rates, their violent crime rates have climbed significantly. Mm -hmm. And that same office, I would imagine, is ignoring things like that. And well, the DA of, especially you know, has done that. Uh, focusing on our, our president. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, though. I don't think it's going to help him in the general so much. Um, and that is because I think that there is something to be said about the way that most people are sheep. And the same way this isn't going to, like, wake everybody up because of that. You know, there are a lot of people who are just going to keep going about their day. But there are some people who could get it, and this is what it would take to kind of push them to that point. But in terms of the general, there are two ways to look at it. Like, one, people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, they wouldn't have done this if there weren't something wrong. I'm not really going to look too much into it. I just passively hear this in the airport or at the gym or something This happened. Oh, crazy Trump. But then you've got people who might say, wait a minute, there might be something to this. Maybe he really is a threat. Maybe there is something to be said about the second we got an outsider into the White House, all of a sudden we're energy independent, we're not going to war, gas is cheaper. Wait, maybe things are like really like fake and rigged. But I think it's probably going to be the former just because I don't have a lot of confidence in like the agency of people. But I do think it will help them in the primary. And from there, if we can just kind of like keep the momentum going, I think that uh, it will be promising the gen in the general if it were a, leving, a level playing field, but unfortunately it's not. Well, I we do need to though ballot harvest while it, it is something that you're able to I honestly, do. I don't know. I think that the reason they're doing this is because they hate Trump and they want to just keep escalating and tell him, like, you need to stop, you need to stop. I think that they would literally do whatever it takes to make sure he never steps foot in the White House again and, like, interpret yeah. that literally, like, anything. I agree. Is, I agree. They have no bottom. Um, all right, I want to shift gears here and, uh, you know, again, 
This is uh, day five after the shooting in Nashville where a transgender person took the lives of three innocent children and three innocent adults. Uh, Joe Biden has released a presidential proclamation to, uh, now saying that transgender Americans shape our nation's soul. This is Transgender Day of Visibility. He says they're proudly serving in the military, curing deadly diseases, holding elected office, running thriving businesses, fighting for justice, raising families, and much more. And as kids, they deserve what every child deserves, uh, the chance to have their genitals mutilated. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It doesn't say that in the statement there, but that is, of course, what he's pushing for. Uh, and they tweeted out, Joe Biden and Jill Biden tweeted out uh, on Transgender Day of Visibility, we want you to know that we see you just as you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. Uh, we'll never stop working to create a world where you won't have to be brave to be yourself. Now, it's just really fascinating because we, John, you were here yesterday. We played Charlotte Clymer, uh, which is a transgender uh, biological male who sat there and said, God made me in her image. Um, God made me, God created me to be this. And it's like, you guys have this very backwards because God knew exactly what he was doing when he created you to be that biological man or biological woman. Uh, so fascinating to see that they're now using this language that would somehow, you know, uh, insinuate that this is what God has wanted them to be. Now, I want to get your thoughts, guys, on the White House's embrace of this this trans movement the same the literal same week that a trans person murdered innocent people innocent christians i would say um but i first want to play kjp the world's worst press secretary ever uh talking about the trans community being under attack watch and one of the things that we saw during the midterm elections is that people don't want their freedoms to be taken they want us to fight for their freedoms and so it is shameful it is disturbing, and uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those the trans community as they are under attack right now. Mm, they're on. It, look, it's your fault. It's your fault, Eric. Well, that's what they did. I mean, yes. I, I've talked about this before about this community and how they kind of weaponize even doing harm to themselves, mm -hmm. uh, and they utilize that to basically say that you're a bad person. Like, so if you don't want the kid to sort of let's say, become a, if they're a girl, to become a boy, then they may off themselves or self-delete mm -hmm. or some, something of that nature, and therefore you need to validate everything it is that they're doing. So they're essentially weaponizing them doing something to themselves, and in this case, they do it. I've seen a whole lot of, man, just weird weird ways people are talking around this whole recent, recent shooting as if to say, like, well, it's because she had been faced with people maybe in the discriminatory acts and all sorts of things. And obviously they blew up as if this is some sort of blowback of some sort. So, you know, it goes to show these guys, there's no, it's funny you said that before, no bottom with these guys. These guys are dirty mm -hmm. individuals. Them playing the God just goes to show how much they feel about your religion, certainly, certain uh, and foremost, that they will bastardize that. Hell, the only time they even refer to it is when they can try to use it against you. Mm -hmm. uh, they do that all the time. They'll talk talk down to Jesus on one side of their mouth, and on the other hand, it's like, hey, you know, you do something they don't like. Oh, that's not very Christian. Christian <laughs> of you. They love to certainly uh, do that sort of weird stuff. But man, they don't look. I need 
non-leftists to understand how dirty and rotten these cats are and that they don't really play nice, but you see in the event that, let's say, there is an outlier that does something to people that is um, that fits the bill, that they believe that they're supposed to be, and they will highlight that as, I mean, top to bottom, all the age, uh, alphabet, so CNNs, all that, they will all say all oh, was well, right-wing Christian uh, extremism and all that sort of stuff is, is going on. And the minute we have a pretty blatant and obvious case where someone went to Target, which is, that'd be act effectively a hate crime. I, ironically, I don't see them talk, calling it uh, that by their own definition. That's what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't even exist. Yeah. And they're talking completely beyond that. So this is why I say stop playing nice with these idiots yeah. and stop expecting them to be held to the standards that you hold yourself and maybe your colleagues to, because that ain't the way that they play. I, I would imagine that our founding fathers are just rolling in their graves that they, you know, created this idea of uh, America and, you know, what they wanted it to be. And now you have the president of the United States declaring, you know, some trans day of visibility. Wait, wait, before you go, what visibility is he talking about? Did you see the GLAAD report? Well, they said like the CW, for example, had 15 percent of their mainstays and all of their shows were among the LGBT, whatever, yada, yada. Well, we can't get it. You guys are overrepresented in basically every form of media right yeah. now. What are you talking about? We see you. You're damn right we see you. <laughs> in fact, we wish we, would, we could see you a whole lot less, all right? <laughs> John. Yeah, the Founding Fathers, if they, like, went to CPAC even, they would probably start shooting. <laughs> they would be, like, very upset with the state. He's joking. Of, like, That's a joke. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a joke. Sorry, it wasn't funny, but it was a joke. Um, they, because just how far everything has gone to where even now, you know, conservatives are largely embracing a lot of this, like, social degeneracy and things like that that lead to things like transgenderism. And I think it's only going to get worse because, you know, it's one thing if you have a man who thinks that he's a woman. When you take a woman and start giving her testosterone, uh -huh. mm -hmm. you've got the, like, female brain that hasn't been built or socially conditioned to handle things like aggression the same way that like men experience mm -hmm. it because of hormones. And then, so you've got this like woman's body and you're just gonna make her like so much more aggressive, but right. she's already neurotic, she's already like emotionally governed. And then you see things like this. Mm -hmm. And it's just a way of capturing this identity that is already leading towards despair and then pointing at white Christians as, you know, the villain. And they've got their like friend enemy distinction down. I mean, that's why they didn't go to Wisconsin when the mostly white Christians were killed. That's why they don't go to Tennessee when the mostly white uh, Christians are killed. They refuse to even acknowledge it because they know whether or not they'll admit it that these are their enemies and their friends are the like transgender or Antifa or Black Lives Matter paramilitary people who will gun down their political opposition and then they'll just turn a blind eye. Yeah. Um, one last thing before we have to go. The Trans Day of Vengeance that was planned for Saturday has now been canceled. Uh, they said this action will not be taking place Saturday due to a credible threat to life and safety. That's always what they say. The safety of our trans community is a first priority. This threat is the direct result of the flood of raw hatred directed towards the trans community after the Tennessee shooting. Gosh, I wonder why. Uh, individuals who had nothing to do with that heinous act have been subjected to highly serious threats and blamed only because of their uh, gender identity. And this is, of course, one of the steps in genocide. So they are always the victim, even when they are the ones who perpetrate the crimes. And you are always uh, the, the, the oppressor, right? Even though you're literally, I mean, let me just tell you, anytime we uh, have our people with my organization, Defend Our Kids Texas, make phone calls, urging establishments to have a uh, 18 and up restriction on their drag shows. 
and they end up canceling it or making the restriction, it's always due to threats of safety. We can no longer do it. No one's threatening your safety. Like, literally no one's threatening your safety. You just want to say that so you can look like the victim again. Um, all right. I, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be back with more. And like, like clockwork. Every time. those of you who are watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button. It's at the, it, it looks like this. It's a thumbs up. Wait, John does the best thumbs up. Can you do a thumbs up? It looks like that. <laughs> so make sure that you hit that uh, subscribe and comment. Let us know what you think of today's news. Uh, we appreciate you. And so let's get over to Joe Biden talking about what is going on in Russia. So he called finally this morning for Russia to free Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gerskovic. This is an American citizen who has been accused of spying on behalf of the United States government. Uh, here is what Joe Biden had to say. Watch. What's your message to Russia right now as they're detaining this, to, to Russia as they're detaining this Wall Street Journal reporter? <laughs> Let him go. That was like the most old man move ever. To, uh, A, speak into my good ear, Sonny. Uh, so here, let me give you the breakdown of the details um, that we know now. So Russian state news agency TASS reported that uh, he was ordered to be held in custody until May 29th. He is spending his third day now in Russian captivity, and the Federal Secret Service of Russia, this is Russian government, said that he was trying to obtain secret information on the activities of one of the enterprises of the Russian military-industrial complex. And Gerskovic is the first American reporter to be arrested on espionage charges in Russia since 1986. Uh, Eric, your thoughts? Significant. Uh -huh. um, absolutely. That, that, that story kind of flew on the radar, but that 100% is significant. Maybe they, instead of trading uh, Brittany Griner, they could have uh, yeah. arranged something uh, there to get that guy uh, certainly out of there. But look, I don't know what's going to come of it. I don't want to be a doomer uh, by any means that, you know, this starts to, this is when escalation starts to sort of get to happening. And are we about to enter into sort of this Cold War 2.0? Oh, with uh, uh, Russia, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. I don't think this person is necessarily that important for that to happen. But it certainly has to be in the back of your mind when you consider that <laughs> it's, a, it's the first time this has happened. And considering the era when it last happened uh, and it just, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I know. I just feel a little like uh, the things are escalating every day. Cool. That's <laughs> oh, interesting. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't think so? Cool, like a Cold War 2.0 is cool. <laughs> like cool and legal, but not like very cool and very legal. But Just like mildly. Moderately. Mm -hmm. Why do you say that? Well, I don't know. I think it's just interesting because I am watching America be, you know, the global dominant force and we're not exactly doing a great job. So the no, idea that the power could be contested such that we would be forced to get our act together is exciting to me because I don't believe that the American right has the organization or the institutional power to ever like legitimately achieve our, I guess, worldview being actualized domestically. And so something would have to pose a threat to our establishment. Uh, and I think the best thing that could do that would be the threat of other powers usurping their power, which doesn't necessarily mean that we're like in a global slave state or something, but it does mean that we're gonna have to kind of like maybe trim out some of the fat and start being a serious country again. 
Well, I just wonder, like, what horrible deal we're going to make now to get this guy out. Because last time, what was that What was that guy's na- nickname? It was like... Oh, the, like, the, the butcher or something? Yeah, the yeah, butcher of war or yeah, something. Some, like, yeah. it was not... He was not a good guy. Yeah. And uh, we released him in exchange for his... Eric, Merchant of Death. Thank Merchant you, of Control. Death. Merchant of Death. Boy, doesn't that sound... Man... Someone has a nickname like that, and you know they are a good person. Um, as in exchange for Brittany Griner, so this is an insignificant woman's basketball player. Isn't Brittany Griner like like a man? I don't think she is, to be honest. She the reason I say that looks interesting. She's not a man. Funny she's just story. a lesbian. Yeah, just really lesbian. <laughs> like really lesbian. Like, uh, yeah, but no fun. Fun story. Like my the school that I graduated from, the year I graduated after they played her team. That's how I knew about Brittany Griner long before in the state the state championship mm-hmm. game. And she looked the same. She's just tall, six eight chick. You know. Oh, yeah. I think she's. She just don't got a lot going on, let's just say that. But she's a, she's a, I think she's a chick. Yeah, well, I mean, so you think... That was, she looked away, well, that hold way on. Before, long before this whole Joanna mess. And, and, and hold on, so you, so you think that she's actually a biological male who couldn't... Like, she's like a, the Leah Thomas of, yeah, the of, sw- of, of basketball. She couldn't cut it in the male NBA. I'm not saying that. I really appreciate that you're like interrogating this idea intelligently because I think it says a lot about how you view me (laughs) as a commentator. But sometimes you got to understand, I just say things. I'm trying to keep my show elevated rather than like, wait, John Doyle just threw out the conspiracy theory of Brittany Griner being a man (laughs) and I'm just supposed to go along with it. Um, All right, so let's go ahead and we're going to end this segment there and we'll be right back. We've blabbed this whole time, so we've got a little bit of time. We've got to get at least one Dear Sarah entry in here where, you know, you guys have been emailing your questions because Abby's dead. I hate to break it to you, but Abby's Abby's dead and Abby's been dead. And so you need someone new to uh, give you advice, life advice, dating advice, whatever. You can email us, dearsarah at theblaze.com. So uh, let's get to this one here. In light of everything going on, especially in Nashville, how do you push fears aside of sending your children to school? I'm terrified of anything happening to my only son. I'm seeing news articles about schools and even daycares around my area of guns being found in backpacks. I am shaken to the core, sincerely single mama bear. Um, It's a great question. And it is, um, obviously, I've had to do a lot of reflection this this week after the shooting. Um, I would say, look, daycares, school, public school is one thing because there's only so much you have control over. But daycares and private schools, you got to pick the school that you tour, you feel comfortable with, you see their security plan, you see, you know, whether or not the teachers carry and just really get involved in finding out the, the answers to those questions. The, the school that I send my my sons to, um, they've got they've got the double doors. They've got the buzzer. They're only buzzing, you know, people in that they that they you know, have been approved to buzz in. Uh, they run through a, a, a background system. They, they're, they're going through these. They're checking off the boxes to make sure that it's secure. But you know what? Even then, I still worry. You know why? Because I'm a mom, and that's what we're going to do. So you're going to constantly worry. Um, but as, as often as it feels like these school shootings are happening, statistically speaking, 
they're still so rare because remember all of the all of the the statistics we're getting from the mainstream media are including you know a gang shootout in a school parking lot is included in a school shooting now so the numbers that you hear are not entirely accurate and at the end of the day you you got to give some of it to god right you got to give it to god you got to pray for you know a hedge of protection around your your son your only son and you know be active be involved and give the rest to God. And, and that's what I do, and that's what I would tell you to do. Um, it's a scary world to be raising kids in, so I feel you. We've got about 30 seconds here, but you guys don't have children. But just just quick quick thoughts real quick. Oh, yeah, but take that part serious as far as what you said. Like, yeah. you know, going to look at a school that, you know, checks all the boxes. Yeah. But don't kind of buy into the fear-mongering. It doesn't happen nearly as often as what the uh, social media like us right. lead us to believe. Right, John. This is going to be messed up, but it's, it's true. Uh, if you can find a school that has security, you'll probably be okay because they're just going to go to a school that doesn't have security if well, they're going to do something truly, like that. Truly, truly, uh, truly. There have been no school shootings with uh, te uh, teachers who carry in schools, no school shootings there. So really, just get, in, get involved and, and be researching that. we got to take a break. We'll be back. The Libs of TikTok founder has filed an ethics complaint against Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for lying about her, saying that she, you know, uh, instigated a bomb threat in a, a Boston Children's Hospital. And um, it's a very lovely clip of uh, Haya. She's looking for AOC. She can't find her. Uh, oh, she found her in the halls. And here is uh, what happened. Watch. Actually, super transphobic, and I never space with you. Thank you. I am here outside the Cannon Building. I was here last week because I attempted to ask AOC why she lied about me in a committee hearing. She cowered away. She refused to talk to me. So I'm back here today, one week later, and I'm going to deliver her an ethics complaint that I filed for lying about an American citizen in a committee hearing. So AOC. She broke the rules. Believe it or not, there's actually rules on Capitol Hill. And 23 Clause 1 is a big one. You got to act in a way that reflects credibility on the House. And lying about, you know, a U.S. citizen certainly doesn't do that. So we're filing this act of complaint. Let's go inside and see if she's there. Off some mail for the Hi, so basically a few weeks ago, AOC <coughs> yeah. lied about me in a committee hearing. Okay. So I tried to come last week and talk to her, yeah. but she kind of cowered away, wasn't interested in talking to me. Okay. So uh, together with uh, Mike from the Heritage Foundation Oversight, um, he helped me file this ethics complaint. So we filed that. And if you can give it to AOC, sure. I would really appreciate it. Thank you. And Thank tell you. her to stop lying about American citizens. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Oh, but that's not I where it ends. I just dropped off an ethics complaint at AOC's office, and unfortunately she wasn't there. So we laughed, and then I was walking through the Capitol, and guess who I bumped into? AOC herself. I just delivered an ethics complaint to your office because uh -huh. you lied about me in the committee here. Oh, right. yeah. yeah, no, I actually did. I never inspired actually, about her. No, no, you're actually super transphobic, <laughs> and I never want to share space with you. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, I love it so much. She ran away like the little coward that she is, 
rather than actually having a conversation. Look, man, uh, on a serious note, I do believe people should be pulled up on in person. This is people that follow me know I talk about this all the time. Like for whatever reason, the Internet has introduced this odd, bizarre world. This wasn't even a case 10 years ago where people look at actually uh, facing your accusers or actually having a a live cordial discussion with someone about some things that they said that are foul, uh, especially if it's incriminating. That, that a foul, they look at that as a threat. Like I've, I've dealt with this, uh, there was, I'm not gonna say the guy's name, but there's this massive kind of YouTuber who, who had likened me to some very evil things. And I told him like, hey, if we're at a con, I'm gonna pull up on you. Like yeah. just, be, just be expecting that. Yeah. And he took that as a threat. Because for whatever reason, we now live in this odd, bizarre world where you get to pop off, say mm-hmm. whatever you want to say mm-hmm. about people, but you'll do everything except just discuss it with the person. I feel like we mitigate a lot of problems. Yep. I ain't saying we got to take it to exchange and blows. I am saying that I think we, mitigate, we, we eliminate a lot of issues if folks just started facing their accusers yeah. and actually talk this stuff out. Basically, say it to my face. Yeah. And if you're not going to say it to my face, then shut up. Or challenge them to a duel. Oh, bring that okay. back. Mm-hmm. Are we, is this like fisticuffs or swords or guns or what? Like guns, yeah. No, I mean, it was a better country. John is really trying to get me deleted from that. I just want something real to happen. You know, I'm sick of this whole, like, I'm going to file an ethics complaint. Well, you're like super transphobic. Like, that's so fake. I want someone to get clubbed again, like on the floor of Congress. I want it to be real. Well, this may be our last show, I'm not sure. (laughs) So if it is, it's been nice knowing you. You can email your hate mail to... Officialcomradedoyle at (laughs) gmail.com. I was gonna give him a fake one. I was gonna be like, john at johndoyle.com. But the one that he gave will be just fine. (laughs) Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.